Hey everyone, welcome to episode 7 of the Cap City Outfitters podcast. Um, this is Brian, I've got Chris here with me. Um, we'll be talking about pistol sights for defensive usage. Uh, I'm going to turn this over to Chris. Hello everyone. Um, like Brian said, pistol sights today. Uh, I'm going to run through a couple of things here real quickly that are, that are my experience and my experience only, but they're backed up by uh, some data, some science, um, and, and some conversations with folks who know about these things. Um, I want to start off with the concept of accuracy with the handgun because the reason we put sights on the gun is so that we can be accurate with it. Um, we, we tend to adhere to, uh, here at Cap City, we tend to adhere to kind of a one inch per 10 linear feet um, standard of accuracy, meaning if you're shooting at a target uh, 10 feet away from you, you should be able to put your rounds on or touching a one inch circle. If you're shooting at 20 feet, you should be able to put your rounds on or touching a two inch circle, 30 feet, three inch, 40 feet, etc. ad nausea. Um, if, if, you're, if you're not finding yourself able to meet some standard of accuracy that's close to that, then you probably need to work on your basic marksmanship skills. And that's not a bad thing, it just gives you a metric that you know to work with that you know you need to improve something. Um, if, if you're maybe a more advanced shooter and you've been doing this for a while and you find yourself struggling with that, maybe go back to mechanics or maybe slow down just a little bit as well. Um, this also comes in handy when we start talking about you bringing in your shiny new gun to have sights put on it. Um, we generally tell folks, hey, we'll put your sights on your gun for you, charge X amount of dollars, go out and shoot it. If the sights are off, bring it back. If you bring me back a shotgun pattern at 30 feet, I can't do a whole lot with it. If you bring me back a ragged little hole at 10 feet, we can work with that really easily. Same thing goes for instructors. If you get in front of an instructor and you shoot a ragged little hole at 10 or 20 feet, they can fix you. If you shoot a blast pattern at 30 feet, well, maybe some more work there. So. Having said those things, um, I'm going to run through kind of my history of sights, understanding that I've been shooting handguns um, with a defensive mindset, uh, probably going back to the mid-80s, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, truth be told. I just don't like dating myself further than that. Um, Starting off with revolvers with really crappy sights like fixed sights, no, no glowy things, no dotty things. Um, basically just kind of a notched out rear and and maybe if you're lucky a ramped front sight um, that are great and easy to see when you're a kid and have phenomenal eyesight Um, working forward into defensive handguns especially auto pistols and seeing tritium sights pop up and stuff like that I've I've run uh, I won't say everything out there but enough to have a, a breadth and depth of experience with most styles or types of sights except for some of the out there stuff um, to say, hey, there's, there's some really neat stuff going on, and, and here's where I've ended up and why. So um, I, I'm going to go with just your basic three-dot tritium sights, what most folks would think of as like your Trigicon bright and tough, um, three white circles with a tritium dot in the middle, generally green tritium. Uh, I'm not going to get too wrapped around the axle, around the colors of tritium. Um, there's there's some techniques you can use to, to deal with issues when all your tritium is the same and it's completely dark uh, but looking at just a standard three dot sight system uh, pushing into um, you know some some more advanced sites that have popped up that help with speed things like the excess big dot sites and then moving forward into what we're seeing now with either uh, fiber optic sites or the what we call the orange ring of death front sight um, if you go back to 
three dot tritium sights with white surrounds. You line up the three dots, you put the even amount of space with them, get them in a line, put the middle dot on the target and press the shot off. Uh, generally really effective sights. There were some concerns, you know, oh, in low light, what if you get your front sight outside of your rear sight, but you're still lining them up three across with the same space. Um, all you got to do is dip the front of the gun and you'll know which one's the middle one, which one should be the middle one, because the one that moves down is, is, is the one that's in the wrong place. Um, generally not a real big deal if you've got good mechanics with the gun. Um, those sights are generally a little coarse, and a lot of those original sights like that were not regulated with bullet impact to the dot on the front sight. They were regulated with bullet impact to the top of the front sight. Um, more of a target shooters type regulation. Um, again, with a handgun, a typical handgun distances, probably not a real big deal. Um, I had a set of Wilson Combat Night Eyes that came out in probably the late 80s or early 90s. Uh, one of the first dot sights out there along with the Novak low mount sights where they started to regulate the point of impact to the actual dot. Um, and, and so when you put the dot on the target, that's where the shot went. Um, along came Glock doing much the same thing and guys will tell you oh well my my Glock tends to shoot you know here or there or low or high or whatever generally Glocks are regulated at combat distances 30 feet and in maybe 21 feet and in Glocks tend to shoot to the dot if you put the dot in the middle of you um, very easy sights to pick up um, but with some of these sights with white surrounds we start to see something that's more visible out on the front end of the gun but then some distraction on the back end of the gun. Um, probably an improvement over straight black sights in, in any regard, or, or just straight metal sights if it's a stainless gun. Um, but anyway, as we progress through you know, some of those options, we also start to see the Wilson Combat Night Eyes back in the day had a white surround around the front sight, but the back end of the sight was blacked out with tritium, so you didn't notice that so much. Uh, the transition from Wilson Combats for me, and again, all this is saying, hey, I'm under 45 years of age, I have good eyesight up close, I can see the front sight clearly and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, all those sights really worked, I won't say equally well, but close enough to not matter if you shot your gun enough and you knew where they were regulated. Um, one of the first really big changes in sighting systems that I got a hold of as a defensive shooter probably came in the mid-2000s. Um, excess big dot sights popped up. Uh, Ashley sights on safari guns. Um, Ashley sights were great big front dots with a shallow V rear. Um, and, and safari sights had leaf type rear sights and big visible front sights. Uh, the idea being if you'd shot and wounded something that wanted to eat you or stomp you to death, um, it will run into the bush. And ethically, you have to go finish it. Um, a great big sight up close is a wonderful, wonderful thing, and that's where the big dot mentality came out of, where specifically Ashley sighting systems. Um, the big dot had its challenges because it had a small tritium vial inside of a great big white surround and then a shallow V-notch rear, and the big dot was stupid fast up close if you had any kind of mechanics at all. Um, if you could center the dot in the V even close and not mess it up by mashing the trigger, you were pretty much going to hit what you were aiming at out to 20 feet, 30 feet, somewhere in that range, and really, really quick. That big visible front sight was kind of an epiphany for me. Um, I was fortunate enough to be exposed to those in an environment where I could put 1,000 or 15 rounds through the gun in a training environment and, and really get, get that groove greased in quickly. Um, big dot sights challenge. Uh, now you have this great big huge front sight and in the daylight you're not necessarily referencing the center tritium part, you're supposed to be referencing 
the dot itself and at what distance does bullet strike match up with the center of the dot or the top of the dot or maybe somewhere else entirely. Um, as well, at that point in my life, I was running a shooting range and doing quite a bit of shooting and found myself in a position where uh, I knew exactly where those dots hit at just about any distance because I shot a gun almost every single working day, even if it was only one round, and had an opportunity to shoot the gun at significant distance as well as up close on a regular basis. Uh, so I, I knew my big dots well and kind of fell in love with them for a little while. Um, that is until uh, my opportunity to shoot a gun almost every single day went away after five or six years and I found myself back to being on the range like a normal person a couple times a month training with, you know, with, the, with the tribe. Um, at that point, Big Dots became a little bit of a struggle. Um, I was fortunate enough again because of the tribe that I run with that one of my good friends had already explored Trigicon and their HD sites with the Orange Front. Um, I was struggling albeit at significant distance, probably 30, 40 yards shooting steel plates from oddball positions, and, and one of the guys had trichicons with that bright orange dot of death on it and handed me those, and all of a sudden I could find the front sight again quickly and, and make some of the shots I was missing and didn't have to worry about what that great big golf ball meant to me from a, uh, from a point of where does it need to be on the target to hit things. Um, so that brings us to what I would consider the, the current evolution. And not that there's not always something new, but the, the, the most modern end of this evolution is going to be something with a very, very visible high-vis orange surround around the tritium front sight. And then for the most part, something with a blacked out rear. Um, so the Trigicon HD XRs, the uh, Ameriglow Spartan Operators, uh, and some of the different sites of that nature right now that have a very, very visible front sight are just simply outstanding. They're really hard to beat. Uh, what I've noticed with, with all those different things going on with the, you know, the sighting industry is that there is some nuance even within what we think is probably the best option right now, being a high daylight vis front with a tritium in it. Um, narrow front post, wide front post, U-notch rear, square notch rear, rear, and some of these different options that we get into. Um, the Trigicons give you the option of having a very narrow front post in the XR system or a wider front post in the standard HD system. Um, and what that's going to give you is if you're like me, you're in your 40s and you have your near eyesight is starting to go sideways on you a little bit, the narrower front sight gives you more daylight on either side of the front post and allows you to see what's going on a little better. The wider front post fills up the rear notch and maybe isn't quite as fast to resolve unless you have good eyesight, but it's definitely going to be more precise. So generally for folks with good near eyesight, we recommend the standard HDs. For folks with not so good near eyesight um, who are fighting with bifocals and things of that nature, we recommend the XR narrow front sight. Um, one thing that I find that sets the Trigicons apart for me, actually two things, one of them is involved in shooting is the fact that it has a U-notch rear sight and I can take that round orange dot and kind of put it inside of the U-notch almost like half of a peep sight. Your brain kind of visually automatically puts it where you need it to be without a lot of thought. Um, I don't know what the science looks like behind that. I know that the science behind peep sights is real. People tend to center things inside of circles. Um, but the U-notch, I get that vibe out of it, and I, I like it a lot. 
Um, the other thing I like about the Trigicons is that they're slightly taller and have a more pronounced shelf on the rear sight, which is not a shooting advantage, um, but it sure makes a big difference when you go to handle that gun one-handed if you're doing any kind of injured shooter manipulation of the gun, um, loading, clearing my functions, etc. You can really catch that rear sight on just about anything and make it work. So that's kind of uh, Chris's brief history in time of sighting systems, uh, bumpy things on top of handguns. Um, I will throw out a, a nod beyond that that we've spoken about a little bit already. Um, I have taken the leap into optics, um, Trigicon RMRs on, on handguns, and I will say that's a quantum leap forward if you have visual acuity issues at near distances. Um, but we're, today we're talking about, I think, bumpy things on top of guns, not electronic gadgets on top of guns. So with those things in mind, I'm going to throw this at Brian a little bit and see what he has to add to that because I've gotten long-winded here. Yeah, I think Chris sums up most of, you know, the last, goodness, 25 years yeah, of pistol sight evolution. More. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. I haven't been in the game nearly as long as Chris has, but I guess started out with a Glock 23 back when I didn't know any better uh, with Glock plastic sights on it. Um, got into a Glock 19 with yep. Glock plastic sights on it. Um, thought those were going to be just fine and then found myself in advanced fighting pistol doing left-handed only um, malfunction drills down a tactical response and came up, you know, was shooting lights out for two days in a row um, and fighting pistol. All of a sudden, advanced fighting pistol, I'm like, why are my bullets not going where they're supposed to? Uh, I'm like, I have to use tape. What's up with this? Yeah. And found that, actually, I had no rear sight. Um, why? Because the Glock plastic sights, when you start using them for manipulation of the firearm um, tend to find themselves detached from the pistol yeah. uh, that led me into more the I think I was running Warren three dots after that so kind of a blacked out front blacked out rear with tritium dots um, yeah. which I, I had good eyes um, were fast worked really well on IDPA targets or IPSC backers uh -huh. you know during the day, uh, when there was a lot of contrast, we start getting into that sort of low light parking light, parking lot light type situation, um, and the contrast goes away. All of a sudden, now you have a black front sight on a grayed out object, and you don't know what you're putting the front sight on. Yes. Um, kind of from there, went to the Ameriglo. Um, the, the, the sights we have on the Taylor guns, mm -hmm. which I still run on my carry <clears throat> pistol. Um, those sights work really well. Uh, Orange Ring of Death up front, completely plain. Or I should take that back. Orange Ring of Death with tritium up front, um, completely plain metal rear sight. Uh, I find that to be really simple, easy to use, um, still good nighttime performance, and they're, they're rock solid. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing there to fail. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. it's just they, they work, and you can beat on them and almost abuse them and not have to worry about it. Um, a, a comment about visual acuity with Glock sights. Glock factory sights um, are, are generally pretty easy for most people to shoot well because, again, you have that great big dot up front that's easy to find, and you have a very simple U-notch rear. The reality check is that everybody says, oh, well, the, 
the dot doesn't quite fit in the notch. Well, the dot actually sits right in the notch the way it's supposed to because, again, Glock sights are regulated point of impact to the center of the dot at a lot closer than most people think they want things zeroed. Um, so they're fine for shooting the gun. They're not good for using the gun, carrying the gun, fighting with the gun, or training with the gun. So, uh, again, not just a sales plug for us. Yes, we sell really good sights. We'll put them on your gun for you. But carrying a Glock with just those sights is, is asking for some heartburn down the road, for sure. So, sorry to yeah, yeah, at some point, these plastic sights, when you start actually training with the gun and working one-handed malfunction clearance where you're using the rear sight to rack the slide, yeah. um, those sights are going to come off. Yep. Uh, if it happens in training, you know, it's embarrassing. It may put you on the sidelines for a relay or two. Um, you know, if it happens in a, a real defensive encounter, um, that's a big problem. Sure. Um, also, guys, what, you know, I mentioned, you know, the, the Trijicon HD is one of my, one of the things, aspects that I like about those sites is that great big ledge, a little taller site, you can catch it on things. Um, throughout history, there have been a number of different sites, um, and, and I don't want to pick on any specific manufacturer because a lot of folks have copied them, but anything that says snag-free, um, you know, and so you get into Novak, low-mount, snag-free sites, the ramp is on the wrong side if we're worried about snagging. Um, they don't the snag going into the holster, but you can't catch them on things nearly as easily as a shock, uh, a sight with a rear ledge or a rear shelf. And so bear that in mind too, as you look at some of the sights that are out there, a lot of the new Smiths come with a nice metal sight that's, that's manufactured well, but the design is lacking in ability to catch on things very easily. It, so take that into it. Yeah, it's the sight that looks really nice in the gun store, but yeah. out on the street or on the training range um, just doesn't perform um, we start doing things with one hand yeah and and you know and so take that into consideration there are also some other sites out there that are that are almost grotesquely big and blocky that don't look really cool on the gun the aesthetics aren't there but man you can work them and catch them on things and they're steel and they're going to hold up so you know take a look at that um, another knot I'll throw out there too a, a number of, of more well made or, or better designed better made sight systems have things like serrated fronts and serrated rears, um, which you know you don't think of a whole lot until you shoot it in enough different environments where you're trying to keep you know not having that glare on the sight matters as a distraction when you're training. Um, I can't stand a gunfight because people don't like shooting at me, and I like it that, that that way. But when you train with them, I do like the serrated aspect of a lot of the nicer sights as well. So, yeah, uh, I'd say on the like what I call the psychology of using pistol sights is that you're going to find most easily what your brain is expecting. So if you have, you know, X number of pistols and they all have X number of different sights, yeah. um, you're going to find it's rather difficult to go from pistol to pistol and then use those different sights um, with speed. Yeah. Um, because your brain's thinking it, you know, if you go from pistol A that has Trijicon HDs with the Orange Ring of Death up front, and then you go to pistol B and it's got all metal rears, you know, your brain until it's switched gears to go to all metal, um, or without the Orange Ring of Death, you know, is looking for that Orange Ring of Death. Um, you know, the other thing that really makes a difference with getting used to pistol sights is give it a thousand rounds or five or six range trips. Um, it takes time 
to reprogram your brain to so that it it knows what it's looking for um that knowing what it's looking for on a draw stroke at 10 yards is probably worth two or three or more tenths of a second yeah which you know in a in a gunfight that's an extra shot yep absolutely so very cool um anything to add no i don't think so i mean like i said with you know with the sights um you know maybe that those that that thousand rounds could also be dry fire it could be presenting the gun you know at home seeing the sights over and over again um that's one of my biggest hesitations with switching out sights is that i've got to switch it out on five or six different guns um i am i'm a big enough dork that i put freaking trichicon hds on my airsoft gun Um, i have a 22 conversion kit upper for glocks i have hd sights on that conversion kit Uh, i want them all to match because i'm training with them um, you know, so that's, so switching sites is a commitment, but if, if there's a better mousetrap, pony up. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Take care.